I just slipped through an exam and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. The government is set to establish a new public media entity in March 2023. To the dismay of a few media executives and opposition MPs who have warned that domestic public broadcasting will lose its independence. Though the new entity has been described as a merger, it's not. Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media will gradually replace TVNZ, which, which must be dissolved by, ANZ, by Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media's executive board by early 2028. And broadcaster, Broadcasting Minister Willie Jackson has promised that everyone at RNZ and TVNZ will keep their jobs. Where independence, where independence concerns lie is in, Aotearoa, is in Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media's foundations and who it answers to. Instead of being a crown entity company, Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media will be an autonomous crown entity. This means that Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media, unlike RNZ, will not be monitored by Treasury. It will instead be monitored by the Ministry of Arts, Culture and Heritage. Consequently, ANZPM must adhere to government, to government policy a bit closer, which both Nationals Broadcasting Spokesperson Melissa Lee and former New Zealand Herald Editor, Editor-in-Chief Gavin Ellis have criticised. Joining me to discuss this new public media, <coughs> sorry, joining me to discuss this new public media entity and evaluate the concerns around a loss of independence for domestic public broadcasting is Associate Professor Peter Thompson from the School of English, Film, Theatre, Media Studies and Art History at Te Heringa Waka. Kia ora, Peter. How's it going? Kia ora. I'm fine, Zach. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Now, is Aotearoa's public broadcasting system at, at large in need of an overhaul? And if it should be overhauled, should we kind of, you know, stick to our hybrid system of having one thing commercial, one thing public? Or, you know, is the move to a uh, both a truly hybrid model um, more effective? I think you have to look at this as a, as a structural response to the overall decline and fragmentation of television audiences. Um, with, uh, with, when Labour came in 2017, they looked at uh, uh, turning RNZ into a uh, multi-platform uh, public media entity with a, with a television option that was under Claire Curran um, and that left uh, the question of what the future role of TVNZ was going to be and currently it's commercially operated even though it's publicly owned uh, probably it's unlikely that we could sell it for any decent amounts of money and so the question is well, what's its future role going to be if its revenues are slowly declining and so that, that's, I think, is the, the overarching rationale for saying that we need to, to bring these t- you know, two entities together under a new, uh, a new framework and to make sure that, that we have public media on every platform into the future. As I mentioned before, you know, ANZPM is going to have a different foundation compared to RNZ and TVNZ, which I believe are both crown entities, but this new one is going to, to be... Uh, yeah, an autonomous crown entity, which means it has to, you know, adhere to government policy a little bit more and toe the ministry line. How much influence do you think the government would have over ANZPM? Well, I think I think there may be a, a concern that that the that, that uh, as a uh, as an autonomous crown entity, it, it could be given policy direction by the government. So, at least in form, there there is a reason to be concerned about that. But I think you have to look at the history of of what's happened previously. Um, when TVNZ had its charter, um, there, were, there were terrible arguments over, over its funding, and there was a, quite a significant conflict between the Minister for, for Broadcasting and the Minister of Finance. And Treasury, uh, d- despite protestations, insisted on extracting dividends 
uh, in excess of the amount of funding that TVNZ was getting to do the charter. So I think, I think that, uh, a model that puts the, the Ministry for Culture and Heritage in the driving seat and puts the Treasury in the bank is probably a good idea. Uh, there are measures in the bill uh, that prohibit the Minister from giving direct instructions over editorial or operational matters. So there are some protections there. So I, I'm, I'm not hugely worried, but I do think the governance model needs to be looked at. And ideally, what we'd like to see, I think, is, is some kind of independent monitoring unit uh, that would provide a, a buffer between, between the government and the new entity. So you don't think it will lose uh, much, if any, independence compared to RNZ and TVNZ in their current forms? I, I, I don't think so. The, I think, you know, look, there's always a concern, I think, uh, about government interference. This is the motif. But there are also concerns about the influence of commercial pressures. I mean, you know, they, they can be just as toxic and, and corrosive of charter aspirations as, as government interventions. Mm. And I think there's another point that uh, so far I think that has been missed in the debates about this. And that's the potential, potential for, uh, I guess, internal subversion. I mean, when, when we had the TVNZ charter, there was actually quite widespread opposition to the imposition of public service principles on what was then a very successful commercial entity. And I'm not sure how much that has changed. I mean, we, we saw examples, for example, where, you know, TVNZ, even against direct ministerial instructions, used the charter money for all kinds of activities, including bidding, for, you know, for the, for the Olympic Games in Beijing. You know, and, and, and so there's a question here, not just about whether it's insulated you know, from government or insulated from the pressures of advertisers, but also in, insulated from its own internal cultural conflicts. And I think that's going to be quite a, a, a messy issue, given that RNZ is a public service entity with a charter, and TVNZ is, is still very much a commercial entity. Do you think the government will have a hard time in convincing the public that this new entity is necessary, but also that it doesn't merely function as a puppet for the government, as uh, National MP Judith Collins has alleged? How far the public will, you know, will, will value this new entity, I, I think, will vary. There, there's certainly an expectation in, in the legislation that this, this new, new uh, AOTRO New Zealand public media uh, will provide for audiences who are currently underserved. Um, and, and so that might be great news if, for example, you're you know, an ethnic minority, you know, it probably means there's going to be a greater emphasis on, on Maori content. And all that is great for, for, for you know, quite a wide range of these audiences. Mm. But whether or not that will create mass appeal uh, is another question. I think it's going to have to provide high-quality mainstream programming to retain the confidence of the public. I think that, 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 that's a given. And it's going to have to do that on multiple platforms. So I think we're going to see this new entity providing new kinds of service and trying to address the needs of different audiences who are perhaps currently not engaged by mainstream linear broadcasting. Now, regarding whether it's a puppet for the government, well, you know, of course, National loves to, to trot out that line. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's really very likely. But it could well be that some media that don't like the new entity getting direct public funding uh, are happy to, to make those arguments because they would much rather see uh, the currently you know, $327 million of, of, of allocation over the next three years uh, devoted to New Zealand on air where they can get a piece of the pie. 
so I think there are some, some oppositions from the commercial media sector, and you have to be a little bit sceptical, I think, about their motivations for the criticism. I guess, lastly, just while I'm talking to you, do you think... Oh, sorry. This new entity is also getting a charter, which is going to be reviewed every five years, uh, similar to how Radio New Zealand's charter works. What does this achieve exactly? Well, I I think a public charter is absolutely essential if you're going to have a public media entity, because it really sets out the the, the blueprint for, for, for its, you know... It's operational DNA, if you like. It, it, it's, it's meant to inform every, every single commissioning and scheduling decision. You know, that, so all the programming is meant to aim at achieving the charter outcomes, such as you know, informing an audience, creating an informed democratic society, you know, reflecting New Zealand cultures in various ways. So, so if, if you don't actually have that set out in some kind of legislation then there's always going to be an internal debate over what this new entity is going to achieve. And the default is always towards commercial priorities, that we, we judge a program purely on whether it got high ratings or, or generated you know, significant advertising. And, and, and that's, there's, a, there's a role for that within the media ecology. But this new public media entity needs to do something different. And what the Charter does is set out very clearly a direction uh, for, for, for achieving those goals and not simply operating like all the other commercial media. Now, <laughs> whether it achieves all that is another question, and I think the Charter probably needs to be looked at because there are some gaps and overlaps and complexities in the way it's currently, it's currently set out in the bill. Um, but I think there's, that, 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 that doesn't mean the Charter isn't important. I think it's central to any form of, of public media entity. Well, kia ora, and thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for your time, Peter. You're very welcome. Kakite. Kakite. That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.